We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Will Levy, recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. How are we doing? We good? All right. Well, we've got a bit to get through this morning, but we have 32 minutes to do it. Cool? All right. Um, you know, just going back to uh, a lot of things you feel helpless in, uh, all, all I can say is you just run to Jesus. And you go, Lord, there's times where I can't do anything. And in fact, the more that we understand that we can't do anything, Apart uh, by ourselves, the more that we co-labor with Christ, the more God is going to do stuff in and through our lives. We need to run to Jesus. Like to pray for measles to stop in Samoa is is a miraculous thing, right? It's, it's like, well, how's that going to stop? Well, I don't know, but I know that God can do it. Yeah. God can do it. If God God can uh, stop plagues. God can stop all sorts. God can raise people from the dead. Come on, we've got to be able to go to God in every circumstance, every situation, you know, and just, just, just seeing, uh, yeah, anyway, just, so just prayer. Whether you're political view or not around all that sort of stuff, we just need to pray. Amen? Right. Amen. Well, um, who's, who's been enjoying the purpose-driven life? Uh, I hope you've got the book and you're going through it. And, and um, we've the, just the preaching roster has uh, chopped and changed around some of the topics, but hey, we're getting there. And uh, this morning is a great, great one, uh, but it's a challenging one. Uh, the, the, we're on to the third purpose, which is to be created to become more like Christ. All right, let me just tell you right now, we're not putting a magnifying glass on your life. We're not diving deep down and going, oh my gosh, look at how, look at what that person has done. Look at who they are. No, the Bible says, I want to, I want to tell you now that Jesus died for our sin, past, present, and future. Yeah, thank you. Who is glad for that? I am glad for that. The penalty, the penalty of sin has been taken. Amen. Amen. And so um, I'm excited about past, present and future. But we do have a purpose is to become more Christ-like. Right? And so we're going to unpack that this morning. And at the end of it, I pray that you are free, freer than why you came in. I pray that there's, and, uh, and, and I'll finish it off, and that you'll feel free and, and, and excited. But there's stuff that we need to grow in. Who needs to grow? We all need to grow. We all need to learn more about ourselves, more about Jesus. So, um, Father, in Jesus' Name, we thank You for, for everything that You have in our lives. We thank You that You sent Your Son, Jesus, not to just teach, but to display. A character of life that only has come from the Father. And Lord, uh, Lord for us to become more and more like You, we want to study You. We want to learn You. We want to uh, know Your love and Your grace more and more in our lives so that we can uh, ultimately overflow that into the worlds that we live in. And so Holy Spirit, come and help this morning, I pray in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. By the way, tonight we've got a great friend, Pastor Tico, coming to come and preach. It's going to be awesome. All right. Colossians chapter 2, verse 7. Should come up on the screen, uh, but if you've got your Bible, open it as well. Um, uh, this is from the Today's Living Bible. Let your roots grow down deep into Him and draw up nourishment from Him. 
See that you grow on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. This is, this is talking about our, let, let our roots grow down, let our foundations grow down deep into Christ. Uh, we can let our foundations grow down deep into many different things, into tradition. Yes. Into uh, here, you know, there was, a, there was a tradition once about how this a young girl liked cooking a roast, but every time she cooked the roast, she, she got the leg of lamb out and she cut the bone off down the side and she put it into the oven and, and it was great. And um, she cooked it and it always came out good. And then one day she was talking with her mum and later on in life, she's like, Mum, I understand the recipe and, and all that sort of stuff, but there's one thing I just didn't understand. Why do you cut the bone off? She goes, oh, just to fit it in the oven. Uh. You know, it was like, uh, in, in, in her mum's world, her oven was too small for the leg of lamb, so she would cut the bone off just to get it in the oven. And this young girl in her, in her daughter's world, it was like, oh, okay, my, my oven's big enough, I can put it in. You know, sometimes we just do things for the sake of doing things, right? Anyway. And so we let our roots grow down deep into Christ and draw up the nourishment, the nourishment from Him. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 29 from the Message Version. God knew what He was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love Him, uh, him along the same lines as the, the life of His Son. The Son stands first in the line of humanity He restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in Him. We see through the life of Jesus Christ, the original and the shape of Christ and what God wants for our lives through the eyes, through looking at the life of Jesus. And who knows that we can learn a lot from looking at the life of Jesus. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 18, again, the message version says this, We look at the Son and see the, the God who cannot be seen. We look at the Son and see God's original purpose in everything created. We're created like God, and we, but we see Jesus. I, when you study the Gospels and you read your Bible and you look at Christ and you look at how He interacted with different personalities and people, He dealt with different people in different ways. Uh, you know, with Peter, he's pretty harsh. Get behind me, Satan. Uh, who's glad that I, I've, I don't feel like Jesus has ever talked to me like that? Who's glad that Jesus may have not talked to them like that? But there's been times where the Jesus has said, hey, sort yourself out. You know, he, he, we learn through the eyes of Christ how to become more and more like a heavenly Father. Um, you know, as, as you do learn so much when you have children. Any parent disagreeing with me right now? If you, if you haven't had children, um, I, I pray that you, you, you can borrow mine anytime you want. <laughs> and they will teach you a whole lot of things. Um, and uh, so you're welcome to that. But, you know, uh, Desiree and I are often having conversations and um, they're like, oh, he gets that from you. <laughs> Anyone ever said that? No. Or, or someone comes up to you, oh, oh he, doesn't, doesn't he looks like you, doesn't he? 
he looks like you, or he looks a lot like your mum, or, or, or something like that. Or we, we even say the line, she's her, her mother's daughter. Uh, you know, you look at, look at my beautiful little girl. Uh, she's walking around, shoes, high heels, and, mm-hmm, and all that sort of stuff. And she, I'm like, mm-hmm, she's her mother's daughter. She is her mother's daughter. You, you know, there's, there's, you, there's parts of me in there as well, the bossy parts. Maybe they're actually, no. is uh, not here this morning. I can say whatever I want. No, she's actually ministering in Napier this morning. So pray, pray for her. But whether we like it or not, we've all taken on a likeness of our parents. Yes. Uh, I've been open with a lot with, with my, my family and the, the different trials and struggles and the things that I've, I've had to learn through and grow through uh, as a first generation Christian. But there's parts, we, we all take on the likeness of our parents. Um, you know, in fact, there was one family outing that I remember going to and they were talking and uh, things started to get a little bit heated. And one of my cousins started started having an argument with with her father about the size of her nose, about the size of his nose. I'm not, I'm not picking on noses here. Pick, anyway. Um, um, it's just it's just natural, right? It's just natural. But but um, I'm like she was she was paying out her dad about the size of his nose, and like she's sitting here, I'm sitting here, and I'm turning this way. I'm like, well, have you looked at the size of your nose? Because you you you're like your father, and it was just it was chaos. And my family is a little bit chaos. But um, I'm like, we, we, we do take on attributes and similarities of our parents, right? And, but here's the thing is where our purpose is to become more and more Christ-like. Yeah. Everyone, I want you to do something for me right now. I want you to turn to your neighbour and, and just, just check them out for a minute. Like look at them. Look at their face. Look deep into their eyes. Right, question. Question for you. This is a real simple question. Did you see yourself? The, it's not a trick question. The answer is no. Unless you're sitting next to your twin. All right. <laughs> Some people wanted to see themselves. Anyway, here's the thing, right? So, this, I'm just sharing with you because I need you to understand some stuff. And what does it say in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27? So God created human beings in His own image. And in the image of God, He created them, male and female. He created them. Well, if we're made in the image of God, why don't we look like God? We all look different. If He said that we're made in the image of God, I, don't, I think it's more than just uh, head, body, arms, legs. It's so much more than that. When we are made in the image of God, well, what is the image that God has made us in? The image that God has made us in is the relational image. The relational image. And and God's showing us a relational image around, around the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so there's a relational image that God has showed us and He's going, I'm going to make mankind in the image and the image is that we need to have, we've been created to have relationship. Who's excited about that? All right, so 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. 
Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. So, so we've got Christ, who is the exact likeness of God here. But we're not talking about an image. We're talking about character. We're talking about the Spirit of God. Spirit of God is the same. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit out, outworked in different areas, but it's still the one same power of God. Right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, but Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. He, he, I love what it says that Jesus says, I need to say what I hear the Father say. I need to do what I hear the Father do. There's this relationship. There's a, and that's the image that God wants for us, that we are to grow more and more in the likeness and the image of Christ, which is through our character. Um, uh, Where did we get to? Col- no, Corinthians, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He exists, existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. See, again, take a moment, look at each other. Do you look the same? No. You don't look the same. Who's happy that they don't look the same as the person next to you? Don't put your hand up. No, we don't look the same. Maybe if Ryan and I sat next to each other and I grew a moustache, we might look a little bit the same. I'm not. But we don't look the same. But God wants us to build our character. We'll build our character. Um, Rick, Warren, Rick, Rick Warren, that's quite tricky to say, uh, wrote in, in, in the book, like God, we are spiritual beings. Our spirits are uh, immortal and will outlast our earthly bodies. We are intellectual. We can think, reason, and solve problems. Like God, we are relational. We can give and receive real love. And we have a moral conscience. We can discern right from wrong, which makes us accountable to God. See, to become more and more like Christ is, is not to grow long, long here and, and, and to get a bit more of a tan to look more Middle Eastern. Uh, or anything like that, so you can play Jesus in the next movie. No, to become more and more like Christ is to, is, is to let our character become more and more like Jesus. Um, in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 to 24, in the message version, I'm going to read it later, along, later on in the New Living Translation version, but it says this, But that's no life for you. You learned Christ, my assumption is, that you have paid careful attention to Him. Being well instructed in the truth, um, precisely as we have it in Jesus. Since then, we do not have the excuse of ignorance. Everything, and I do mean everything, connected with that old way of life has to go. It is rotten through and through. Get rid of it and then take an on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your, uh, into your conduct as God accurately reproduces His character in you. Isn't that cool? Uh, and, and it's real confronting. 
I tell you, preparing a message like this, suddenly the microscope and the magnifying glass, you start going, oh gosh, how can I preach a message like this? I've got to be Jesus before I preach a message like this. But here's the thing, we've all got areas in our life that we struggle with. And, but God wants to develop our character. Our purpose is that we become more and more like Christ-like and because we're heaven bound. That's what God, God's got us here and He's testing us, He's shaping us, He's getting us ready for when we're glorified to be in heaven one day. Who's excited about that? See, all of Jesus' teaching. Let's, let's, uh, let's read um, Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' first message that He ever preached. That, he, that is famous for, and it's got the Beatitudes here. What does it talk about? It's not talking about our, 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 our image. It's talking about our character. God blesses those who are poor and realise they need for Him. God blesses those who, who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who are hungry and thirst for justice. They will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful. Again, character. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. Character. God blesses those who work for peace. Character. For they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing the right for the kingdom of God. Character. You know, you, you, what was it? You're the fourth within the flames. Did we sing that this morning? Or you're standing next to me. You know, you're in the water pushing. I can't remember the song. That's why I don't worship lead. I need the words up there. But we sing these things and, it's, and, and we learn these things. When, when we go through persecution, Christ is with us. Well, think about the character of Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego. Whether they said, no, I'm not going to bow down. And they got thrown into the fiery furnace. That's what the song's about. But they, they, their character stood firm. Jesus wants our life. He created us, He created you, but He is not so much interested in your career. Rather, He's more, in, more interested in your character. That's a challenging thought, isn't it? Because how much time do we spend on our career versus our character? He's, he's glad that you've got a career. Don't, don't get me wrong. He's glad that, he's, that you've got a career and you're doing something with your life and you're, you're using the gifts and the talents that God's given to you. But what if, what if you're a dodgy business person? Well, that's not the character of God. He'd rather you worked on your character rather than be a dodgy business person. Not that I'm saying there's dodgy business people. But I'm just saying, you know, there's the difference between, hey, we put so much work and effort into, into our careers, which are very important. Please hear my heart. But how much work are we putting into our character? You know, the heroes of faith, they, 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 they are not written in Hebrews chapter 11 for everything that they did. Not at all. They were written in Hebrews chapter 11 for everything that they were. Heroes of faith, they were, they were people that had character. You know, but you look at their character. You got Moses in there. He is a murderer. David in there, another murderer. People, people still working on their character, learning stuff, trusting God, running to Jesus. So we've got to work on our character. Who's feeling lifted up right now? Who's feeling condemned, pressed down, shaken? No. It's a true thing, isn't it, though? 
But I, I was waiting. I was going to wait to the end and bring this out as like a great punchline. But I want you to let you know in Romans chapter 8, one of the greatest freeing verses in the entire Bible. Jesus says that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Aren't you excited about that? So here's the thing. As we talk about character and our, and our flaws, it's, it's again, it's, it's, it's another thing of our need for Christ. It's not about getting out the microscope and the magnifying glass and diving in and saying, this is you, this is you, oh, you're this, you're that, you're that. No, the past, the present, the future, you've been set free. But still, we still need to work on our character. You know, our personality and our character are two different things. Some people have got a bubbly personality, exciting personality. Some people have got a quiet personality. Some people are thinkers. Some people are, are whatever. But it's about that we can still, we still need to work on our character. See, in, I'm going to use up um, the three big large words that I learned at Bible College this morning. Is that okay? Uh, who wants to learn some big large words? All right. The first word is justification. So justification, there's three of them, justification, sanctification, and glorification, just to help you out. These are the big, large words uh, that we use to describe the three stages of, of um, our, our spiritual journey. So justification is when you have confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that, that Jesus died on the cross, rose again, and that the, His blood shed on the cross paid the penalty for our sin. When, when you declare that by faith and Jesus is your Lord and Saviour, then you are just, just, that's justification. You've been justified by the blood of Jesus. Is anyone excited about that this morning? Can we give God a clap of praise? I'm very happy that I have been justified with Christ. I declare that Jesus is my Lord and Saviour. Have I messed up many times before and after that? Yes, I have. But that's why the, the Bible says that our past, present and our future sin has been taken. I'm excited about it. So that we've been justified by the blood of Christ. Then we go on this process called sanctification, which is really what we're talking about this morning. And then the next process is glorification. Glorification is when you pass away from this life and you go to be glorified with Jesus in eternity. Who's excited about that? All right, you can wait to get there. I'm okay. We would still need you on this planet. Amen. Uh, but we do get to celebrate and the glory of God in that process. But in our sanctification process, who knows that it's fun? Yeah, it's fun. All right, let's, let's keep going. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in, your, in our lives. Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is the law. There is no law against these things. First Corinthians chapter thirteen. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I'd be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. I guarantee you can think of someone who you can put into that situation right now, right? We've all heard people going off or having a rant or a rave. You're like, ah, it's not nice. Maybe you're thinking you're one of them right now. It's okay. We're going to pray at the end of the service. It's fine. No, if, if I, I would be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had a gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge 
and if I had such a faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. I'd be nothing. I'm just going out there. Oh. If, I give, if I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Gained nothing. You know, why are we in Mosgiel? Why, why are we stretching out as a church? There's plenty of room for another 70 people in here. We don't need to push out and have a, teams getting up at 6.30 to go packing, setting up all the gear, organising stuff, paying for venues against the budget and all that sort of stuff. Why are we doing it? Because we love Mosgiel. We're not doing it for anything else. There's easier ways. But we're doing it because we're standing on a prophetic work. And we're believing for the church out of Mosgiel. Come on, come on, the church in Mosgiel, we declare a releasing of love over you, an overflow out of the community in Jesus' name. Come on, everyone who's out there right now, you've got to believe that God's going to use you to pour out your spirit into that community. Um, well, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous. Love is or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. That's why this is the greatest scripture to read out at a wedding. And this is why it's been read out at a billion weddings. Because it's the, it's the, the, the character of God. It's the character of Jesus Christ. That the character of Jesus Christ is all these things. Um, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. I know there's a lot of Scripture this morning, but it's helpful because it's Scripture. In view of all this, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 8. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge. And knowledge with self-control and self-control with patience, endurance. And patience, endurance with godliness and with godliness, brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. And uh, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, lots of the times we misinterpret the scripture John ten ten. John ten ten says, The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come, which is Jesus, to give you life and life in its fullness. And we read that scripture and don't get me wrong, it is life and life in its fullness. But we think that Jesus came to give us life in its fullness, and life in its fullness is that we don't get ill. We don't get sick. We're not going to go through tests. We're not going to go through trials. We're, not going to, we're going to have a house. We're going to have money. We're going to have a job. We're going to have a future because He knows the plans He has for us. They are good. Of course they're good. And we, we, we must misinterpret. See, if you want a God like that, just go to the movies and watch Aladdin. And find a, find a, a, a little, little jug and rub it. And, and a genie will come out and you can just keep wishing. And that's, that's the concept where we think sometimes as Christianity is that, that, that God is like a genie and, and we're supposed to rub and, and um, woo, phew, life is awesome. 
And I know sitting here this morning, I don't think we think like that because of the different things that I know different people are carrying and the power and the, and, and the belief in prayer that we carry. Amen. Um, but let's not, God, like, life is not going to be easy sometimes. There's, there's different times that we're going to just have to hold on and grow in the character of God, hold on to hope. And there's going to be times where you're going to have to believe and pray and there's going to be times where you're going to be hurt. There's going to be times where you're going to be disappointed, but there's going to be times when you're joyful and you're laughing. Amen. Yeah. And, and the, like, that's why I like Christmas time because it reminds us that there is joy in the world. Yeah. There's joy in this world. Um, but, let's, but, but it's, it's more than that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, and we have four minutes left, praise Jesus. Uh, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see, the, uh, see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. We're made in the image of God. But are we letting God change us into the image of God. Amen. All right, introduction over. Yeah, what? <laughs> I'm thinking the same thing. Don't worry. Okay, real quick. Because we all know we've got a character. We all know that we're learning about, uh, learning how to become more and more like Jesus. Amen. I pray that we're, we're on that journey wanting to become more and more like Jesus. I, I, I need Him every day. If, if you knew all the things that went through in my head, uh, you would know I need Jesus every day. Uh, but don't look at me, look at yourself as well. All right. I'm just honest about it sometimes, sometimes. 50% honest. Anyway. Um, so Ephesians chapter 4, as I shared it before, but I'm going to read it again out of the New Living Translation. It says this, Throw off your sinful na- old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupt, by the lust and by lust and deception, instead let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on the new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So number one, throw off the old life. Throw it off. Let it go. Otherwise, you'll just have to go to a sequel and a trilogy, and even more of Frozen. Right. If you don't let it go, you're going to have to sit, go to Disney all the time and you're just going to have to go back and go back and go back and go back. Right? <laughs> Only the young people got it. You guys need to go see Frozen. Come on. There's a song in there called Let It Go. This is, everyone's like, oh, okay. I preempted some people. I did have a great dad joke this morning. Um. But we do. How, how, why, why don't you let it go? Well, I was this, I was that. Yeah. Well, have a come and talk with me. I'll tell you what everything I was then. Yeah. It's not. It's not a. It's not a, a competition of how. How. What. What. What, what you were. Yeah, right. What you're saved from is gone. Yeah, right. What you're saved into is the future. Yeah. But how many times do we just continue holding on and not letting go of the past? And it comes back and the devil comes back to try and taunt you and haunt you with stuff. Well, as soon as, as, soon as you declared Jesus on the cross and he died and he rose again, the blood uh, of Jesus set you free. Amen. Set you free. Yeah. I remember talking to Desiree when I was 17 years old. 
and I talked to her about a very private, personal area of my life. And I she shared openly what it was. She goes, oh, that doesn't matter. You're, you've been born again in Christ now. You're, you're a new creation. Some of you this morning need to know that you're a new creation. You're a new creation. And, and it was a moment where I was like, wow. I was so living in condemnation. But you need you got to learn how to let things go. All your past disappointments, hurts, pain. Why do you carry that? Don't, don't carry it. Let it go. Let it go. Let God take it. Because uh, he, he has taken it. But I mean, some, you know, sometimes you're going to bear some scars of the past. Understand that. The problem is we keep, we keep picking at the stitches. Let God heal you and let it go. In a moment, we're going to pray. And I'm going to pray that God, you do get to a place where God heals you and you can let things go. Come on, it's about the future, not the past. Number two, you've got to change the way you think. Change the way you think. It says, you throw off the old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupt, corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitude. The only way I know how to change the way I think is by asking the Holy Spirit to help me. You can try. You can retrain your brain. You can, because this is what psychologists help people do. And I, I back them 100%. I think it's great. We retrain the brain and all that sort of stuff. But what are they doing? They are retraining you how to think. But here's the easier way. It's both and, by the way. Both and. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Just the way you think. Holy Spirit, I need your help right now. I've shared honestly and openly. Like You go to the Galatians chapter 5. Lord, I need the fruit of the Spirit this morning. I need it now. I need it every, every time I have a conversation with people or I'm meeting up with people. I say, Holy Spirit, I need your fruit because I want, to, I want, I want the, the, to work in the image of Christ. Amen. All right. Music team, if you guys can jump up, that'd be great. How are we doing? Almost done. So let's let go of the old life. Change the way that we think. And I think this is really important. You've got to put on the new nature of God. Verse 24, put on the new, your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. I want to, I want to help you out just a little bit here. Becoming like Christ is a long, slow process of growth. Isn't that good? <laughs> you don't have to deal with everything right now. But let's just deal with something. Let's let God do something in our life this morning that goes, you know what? I'm going to let some stuff go. I'm going to renew the way that I think. And I'm going to choose to put on the nature of Christ. I've openly and I've shared this a number of times around being a father, being a parent. I've got to let go of what I knew of the way that I was brought up as a father. It wasn't Christ-like. I love my parents to bits and I honour them, but it wasn't Christ-like. I'm the first Christian in my family. But I have to and still do need to renew my mind, renew my thinking, especially as they go through different stages of life. 
But every day I'm asking, Lord, I need to put on your nature right now. I need your Holy Spirit to help me to, to, to be the dad that I need to be. That's me. What is it about? What, what are the areas that you need to let go of? And you need to change the way you think. But then go, you know what? Today I'm putting on the new nature of God. Why don't we all stand in both locations? I know we're it's just slightly over time, but just in the next five minutes, what we're doing is we're just going to start letting the process or continue doing the process of becoming more and more like Christ, putting on our new nature. Why? Because He loves you. And our purpose is to become more and more Christ-like. And as we become more and more Christ-like, we're going to become more and more effective in the world that we live to tell people about the love of Jesus Christ. You know, Psalm 139, um, a great psalm, read it. It talks about, it really talks about the intimacy of God through how He knows everything about you and when you were born and where you go and all the thoughts and everything. It's a beautiful psalm and very intimate and just the relationship God actually knows how much, knows about us. But David wrote this at the end of the psalm. He says, Lord, verse 23, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And he says this, I think this is one of the bravest things to ever write down. Point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's such a courageous prayer. Lord, point out anything in my life that offends you. But then He puts so much wisdom into it and He says, but then lead me in the way, in the path of everlasting life. And again, this is where I wanted to bring up Romans chapter 8. So there is no condemnation for those who belong in Christ Jesus. And because you belong to Him, the power of a life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Friends, this morning, I'm just saying, hey, let's become more and more Christ-like. Let's let some stuff go. Let's change the way we think. But then let's put on the new nature of Christ. I don't need you to put your hands up, but I'd say, hey, who, if I was to ask who needs to do that, we'd all put our hands up. Otherwise, you'd be like Enoch and just disappear. Because there's nothing else left to do in your life. But we live in this world to become more and more relational, to become more and more intimate with the Lord. We were created for God. So He wants us to become more and more like Him. So why don't we close our eyes in both locations. I'm going to hand back to the team over there. But where is it? Don't, don't let the devil get in right now. There's no condemnation. Well, I did this, I did that. Nah, yeah. 
bring it to the cross then. Say, Lord, I'm gonna let go of this right now. I'm not gonna let it haunt me anymore. I'm gonna let it go. And now you've got to change the way you think. Don't just change the way you think. Replace the way, the, they, replace the way that you think with Scripture. It's very important that you, you change the way you think by replacing the way you think with Scripture. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And now put on the new nature of God. Just put on the new nature of God. Father, you created us to be in your image, to become more and more Christ-like. And Holy Spirit, I thank you for this moment right now. We become more and more like you. I thank you, Lord, that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But Lord, you created us in relationship and in our character to, Lord, come more like you. Lord, help us, I pray. I pray, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you'd come and touch and minister in the different people's lives this morning on whatever they need to let go, however they need to renew their mind. And Lord, putting on the nature of Christ. In Jesus' Name, we thank You, God, for all that You're doing in our lives. We give You our lives. In Jesus' Name. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipperschurch.com.